Welcome to another episode of What MPX Do. This is where we learn more about the amazing projects our fellow innovation catalysts are working on. We'll start off with some company updates. This is a reminder of no internal meetings in the afternoons on Wednesdays. This is a great time to hang out in Office Titan and socialize with other innovation catalysts. Just a reminder that the X Projects X Fair date has been changed to June 3rd, which is this Thursday. So if you're looking to get involved with X Projects, attend the X Fair to learn more about these projects and to network with some of the project leads. Hackathon signups are now open and there are more events related to the hackathon that will be coming up next week. So stay tuned. Now we'll get started with our guest. Okay, so our guest today is Matt Madler, or Money Madler, and he is on the Analytics and Insights team, and he'll be sharing one of the cool projects that he's been working on. Uh, Matt, if you could start by introducing yourself. Yeah, so thanks for the introduction. Uh, my name is Matt Madler. I've been with uh, NPX since uh, August uh, 2019, and uh, yeah, I've been on the Analytics and Insights team the whole time. Awesome, thank you. Uh, I would like to start with a fun segment. Could you share a funny story or hidden talent that you have? Um, so uh, besides uh, my talent for constantly misspelling things, um, I have the ability to crack all the knuckles in both my hands just by closing them. So it's something I have discovered since I was a kid, and now I do it all the time without realizing it. Is that painful in any way? No, not painful. It's just something that I noticed that I can do. So now uh, I used to, at my old office, uh, people used to yell at me because when I was thinking, I would just like, I would just like close my hands and I can, they crack. And then I start doing that without thinking about it. Cool. Definitely an interesting <laughs> talent. Um, okay, now I just have a few rapid fire get to know you questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, so winter or summer? Uh, winter, definitely. Okay, Marvel or DC? Uh, neither, but I would say Marvel, I guess. I'm not a big like comic book person, so. Okay. Um, favorite song at the moment? Um, I am listening to a lot of music, but I would have to pick uh, one song I always go back to is called Change Change Gonna Come by Mike Young. Um, so he's a singer from Chicago that I really enjoy. That's a good choice. Um, your current read? Uh, current read is uh, Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, your favorite hobby? Uh, favorite hobby right now is golf. I'm really enjoying golf. Mostly because of lockdown, I think. <laughs> and finish this sentence, I love NPX because... Um, I love NPX because um, I get to pursue uh, the projects and sort of goals that I have for myself. Awesome. Uh, now I'm just going to get you to share two truths and a lie. Okay, so two truths and a lie. Um, Alright, so uh, one is I've been to all 48 uh, continental U.S. states, so everything except for Alaska and Hawaii. Okay. Um, another one is I have picked up an Australian hitchhiker 
and subsequently went to Australia with said hitchhiker. Okay. And the last one is I have lived in Finland for over a month. Oh, wow. See, that second one seems so crazy that it could actually be true. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the last one. I think that's the lie. So the first one was the lie. I've not been to all 48 U.S. continental states. Okay. So I'm missing a few random ones, but I'm close. Interesting. Yeah. So that second one, what's the story behind that? Um. So the second one was I went on a road trip with one of my good friends right after we graduated college, pretty much, and just drove around the U.S. with no goal. And okay. we ended up in New Orleans, and we were staying in a hostel in New Orleans for a couple bucks. I think it was like 10 bucks a night. And we met a group of Australians and one of the Australians was going to be going to school in the States. And he was just like, he's like, uh, they were flying to South beach and he was like, after South beach, all my friends are leaving. Can I travel with you guys? And we were like, sure. So we drove to South beach and then we picked him up and he ended up living with us for like a month or so. Uh, and then he went back to Australia eventually, and then we went to visit him like a year later. So one of my good friends, Darren, is uh, getting married, I think, next year. So hopefully I'll be able to go. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. It's the kind of story that people like make movies about. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Okay, so now we'll move on to the project segment. So what brought you to NPX? Yeah, so that was kind of what I alluded to with what I like about MPX. So for me, what brought me to MPX was um, my old job was I worked for a large company. It was very regimented and uh, I had a lot of customers, which was nice, but I only did a very small role, a very specific job at a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started getting, you know, a bit, not really frustrated, but I wanted to change things. I wanted to see the process that I was involved in become better and change after, you know, 10 some years. Um, and as I started learning about MPX, I kind of felt that I would be able to almost flourish in something like that. Like, Hey, I see all these things I want to do, these things I want to change. And, uh, NPX kind of has given me that opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Could you explain your role here at NPX? Yeah. So my role here is I'm, uh, I'm one of the leads for the analytics and insights group. So essentially, um, to To boil down the majority of it is doing a lot of uh, customer interfacing and figuring out, um, you know, finding like-minded people that want to change or improve a process that they're involved in, um, gathering requirements and primarily doing Power BI reports. Um, So I do a lot of uh, SQL coding and building, you know, either reports or dashboards or or interfaces for uh, people to, you know, sort of improve their job. Okay, so today you would like to talk to us about the Permit Predictions Project, and I believe this involves making preventative maintenance process in nuclear plants more efficient. Could you give us a general overview of the project? Yeah, so a general overview is, um, so at Bruce Power, they create these things called work orders whenever they find an issue in the plant or if there's uh, something that they want to change. So if they're doing a design change, 
a lot of times there's a work order to complete that design change. Um, and essentially, uh, they, they were called permits in, in Passport. They're called conditional reports now in Maximo. But if along the way of uh, fixing or revising something in the plant, they run into an issue, um, they create these things called condition reports. And that could range from they can't find a drawing and they need it. And they're just asking, hey, I need this drawing. Where is it? Uh, it could be, I need this part and we don't have any. I need to buy it. Um, and essentially what this project does is is uh, tries to predict those needs. Okay. Sounds interesting. So basically just, just streamlining the process and making it better and more effective for yeah. the... Trying to cut down time. So rather than having someone go to the field, try to do work, realize they can't, and then start the process, we're trying to get ahead of that and say, you know, maybe 10 weeks before they even go and try to do it, we can say, hey, you're, you're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what tools are you using for the project? Um, so we use a pretty wide variety of like software tools. So um, the actual predictor lives in a Power BI file, so people can get their own scope of work if they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the background, uh, we use Python, so uh, programs called Spider and Anaconda. Um, so we have a, a Python model. Uh, we also use Oracle SQL, um, which is where Bruce Power stores all of their plant information. So from Maximo, it's all the backend information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we use some integration software, uh, uh, Visual Studio or SSIS. Um, we use that as well. So those are kind of the, I think there's like four or five main tools. Okay. And which one of those would go with the machine learning portion of the project? Yeah. So the machine learning learning portion happens within Python. Okay. Um, we're, we're doing a, uh, we're doing, I believe it's a TF IDF model, but we're doing like a, uh, it looks at the words that appear within uh, the description of the work order or the, or the instructions. And it tries to find, uh, it's like term frequencies. It tries to find like words that are related. Okay. Will this project also allow for better inventory management? Yeah, that's that's kind of our hope in, in a long-term sense is uh, we could, maybe not directly with purchasing parts, but more along the lines of someone is looking for a part um sometimes there's a lot of inventory work that happens to figure out that that part isn't available or or things like that um so we're hoping that we'll be able to get ahead of that process and save some time there um so so that's kind of the long-term goal awesome um what are some of the steps you are taking to keep the end user in mind yeah so um the the process is very hand in hand with you know the end user so uh, we're creating these condition reports in Maximo, and then end users will go in and enter, you know, uh, they can enter their comments, they can cancel it and say, hey, you know, this was a bad prediction for this reason. Um, so we're doing a lot of um, like feedback sessions, I, a lot of times indirectly, just looking at what um, the end users have put in. Um, but at the start of the project, we did a lot of um, like brainstorming sessions where we kind of posed you know, do you think that we could predict this kind of hold? And we posed our, our idea, you know, um, if we look at these key fields, 
and these are the values does it make sense to enter a permit here or enter a condition report um so so we've done that um so it is very closely tied with the end user okay that's awesome so kind of at every step of your process you're checking back with whatever client you're developing this for yeah and it, the idea is that it's a the one of the benefits here is it's trying to be a kind of ever-changing thing so even just recently we we had a prediction so bruce power uh changed from passport to maximo and with that change uh some of our predictions are no longer valid or they they have issues now um so we're kind of doing this never-ending enhancement that's saying hey you know we're not going to use this one anymore for this reason we sort of like decommission it or we say like hey we're not gonna we're not gonna action these kind of predictions anymore okay sounds good as with any major project, you learn lessons along the way. What are some important lessons that you've learned as you worked on this project? Yeah, I think um, I think some of the lessons we learned is is a lot of times there is a gap between you know what what management thinks occurs in the field with work and what the procedure says versus what people are actually doing, and a lot of that just comes down to. Uh, you know, over time, people find the most efficient way to do their job and documents and procedures a lot of times get lost along the way. Um, so we are constantly seeing that where, you know, OK, per procedure, this is what we're supposed to do. And then you find out, well, OK, that's not what anyone does. So we are doing a lot of change management along the way, too. And, the, and a lot of that is revising trying to find all the procedures and, and documents that would be affected and trying to align them um, in a way. Yeah, that's definitely a key word in any like plant setting, alignment mm-hmm. between management and the people who are actually doing those jobs. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what inspired the project? Um, so the inspiration for the project, I think, is, is uh, as, as, work so there's always a schedule so you have work that gets scheduled and they say you know in in six months we're going to go do this work and they do all this planning and they get uh they start buying parts and they get everything ready to go and then one permit comes in and it cancels it 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 throws everything out of whack so they might say like okay one of the 10 parts we can't buy now we can't even do this work and it gets rescheduled um, and sometimes in, in more extreme cases, it's an immediate need um, and they say, you know, we have to fix this or we have to shut down the plant. It's called a forced outage. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't they're not able to do it for reasons. You know, they don't have the part or they don't have the documents ready. Um, so over time, I, I think the, the question kind of just naturally arises of are we able to predict this? How, how many forced outages can we have for the same reason? We don't have a part on site or we don't have the proper documentation ready. Um, so I think that's that's kind of where it came kind of came from a this like natural question from the plant is, you know, can can we predict this? And that's that's kind of where MPX came in to say, yeah, we think you can do it. Here's some examples. And, and it, it, it's it's been fairly successful so far. Awesome. Um, what do you think some next steps for the project will be? Yeah, so we have kind of two uh, main focus points. Um, the first one is, well, I guess they're kind of tied together. The main focus point is the is related to the, the largest risk with this project is creating more work than what we're saving. 
So because we're doing this like predictive analysis, there's always that risk that, you know, we hit all the green boxes. We say, hey, you're going to have to do this design work. Maybe they want a new part. We're like, you're going to have to find a new part. Um, and then it turns out that none of that was needed. Um, so w those would be our false predictions. So we're trying to reduce our false prediction rate. And a lot of that is 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 working with the end user and getting the feedback uh, that we need. And related to that specifically is from the machine learning model um, is trying to complete that with a with a feedback loop as well, without having to directly manipulate things, being able to see users say, you know, yes, no, yes, on predictions, and being able to add that into the model. So mm -hmm. those are like our, it, it's kind of one next step, but there's two kind of separate pieces happening. That sounds really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, and thank I guess you. that leads us to the end of the podcast. Um, thank you for taking more time to, some time to teach us about your role here at NPX and about the cool stuff that's going on in the data and insights team. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really uh, enjoyed these questions. It was a nice session. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of What NPX Do. Um, that's all for me for this week. Uh, tune in next week to hear what Simi has to say as she interviews another innovation catalyst. I hope you all check it out. Until next time, keep innovating.